0: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 15th, 2009. This is part one, and we're going to be starting a series today regarding the, the 501c3 corporate church, particularly of America, um, and some of the things that they're up to or are being, uh, kind of having ultimatums given to them regarding certain issues, and we're going to be exploring this. I know we've explored this topic in the past, but there's there's been a lot of other things that have come up, probably since the last teaching I've done on this, and um, some current events. And really, what it's doing is confirming all the other teachings that we've done. It's confirming Dr. Greg Dixon's work and every, everybody that's taken a stand uh, on this issue. And hopefully, if you're unsure about this issue, I believe you won't be after this series is done, because the evidence is absolutely overwhelming, uh, pointing to how the modern-day Church of America, the modern-day 501c3 corporate church, proving how it has been uh, compromised and um, leavened, and what effects that's having, and what effects it is going to have in the future as well, because the the stage is set, and we're going to be looking at these issues um, today. The first article we're going to be looking at is from the Los Angeles Times from February 10th of this year. This just happened uh, five days ago, and it was entitled, Los Angeles Ministers Are Asked to Spread the Word About Digital TV. Now, we've done two or three uh, teachings on the digital TV, the technology called Sound of Silence, Gwynn Towers, Harp Towers. We just did that recently. And how the government is absolutely just scrambling to try to make sure everybody's going to have that crystal clear digital TV, you know, whenever their federal deadlines are for different parts of the country. They're like in my where I live here in Florida, in my local area, they're trying to get everything up and going. I believe in a couple days, I think the seventh, seventeenth, and but they've they've extended that deadline nationwide. Until uh, June 12th, and it's just amazing why the government, amidst a global economic collapse, but particularly taking place in America, why they would be so concerned about us having that nice, clear, clear, crisp picture on our on the uh, television. It just kind of yeah, kind of makes you wonder. Well, this article starts out by saying federal regulators. Shepherding, the U.S. digital television transition, visited Los Angeles on Monday and asked for divine assistance. Divine assistance. Now remember, this is written by the Los Angeles Times. They're writing about these churches. Okay, So the federal regulators need some divine assistance is what they're saying. Broadcasters turn off their analog signals in just over four months. But again, that in some places it's going to be in two days, February 17th. Uh, And Federal Communication Commission staffers can't make sure that people buy and set up the converter boxes they'll need for the older TV sets that are hooked up to the antennas. But who can? Ministers. We need people, now this is a quote from FCC Commissioner Jonathan Adelston, and I'm looking at a picture of him right here. He's in a church, talking to the churches. We've got the FCC Commissioner going to churches, uh, in this particular one, this picture is taken where uh, it's a public forum at the Mount Moriah Baptist Church in South Los Angeles, and he says we need people to take up leadership in their community and make sure nobody gets left out in the switch. Again, you have to ask yourself why are they so why are they so concerned about this? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, it does if you listen to my last teaching how they can actually manipulate the digital images. Uh, whereas they can't really do that with analog, it's much harder. But they can they can manipulate. You can see anything on digital TV they want you to see, and, it, and it'll look authentic. And they can also uh, use the mind control uh, technologies like the sound of silence, and these are patented devices. They can implement that through digital TV much easier as well. And we did again a whole study on that. You can access if you need to find these things. You can go up to my homepage, and you'll see the first four. You know, I don't know six or seven teachings there that I've just done, and then you you'll see a little next button. You can click on that and scan them. There's about 261 teachings right now. But what you can also do is uh, go to the keyword search box on the home page and just you know key in even part of one word you're looking for, like digital, just part of that word even, and it'll find every uh, teaching where I've entered that as a keyword. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So. Um, then he goes on to say, this FCC commissioner, churches already have the infrastructure uh, in place to do that, and meaning that they already have the infrastructure in place to to, uh, tell everybody, their congregation, and these types of things about this switch and how important it is. Now, these same corporate 501c3 churches were actually created by the government in the Internal Revenue Service. So, in reality, they have to be careful and obey other other governmental organizations over them, because they're subject to their rule. If, if you're created by something, um, you're you're subject to the rules of the creator, and the government via the corporate uh, via the corporate structure, uh, via the Internal Revenue Service created or gave permission for these 501c3 corporate churches to exist. And they will designate the pastor as the CEO of this corporation, and the board of directors as the deacons. And I'm not making this stuff up. This is exactly, uh, I've done several teachings on this, and we're going to go into this more in depth today. And um, I just think it's important to understand that. So going further, it says, Standing at the church pulpit, Adelstein, this FCC commissioner, Asked the Baptist Ministries Conference in Los Angeles, nearly 50 African American preachers who, who meet once a month, to include information on the June 12th digital TV switch in their sermons. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something I'm sure the Lord Jesus Christ would want them to do. Make sure, I mean The Lord Jesus Christ would really be concerned about them having that nice, clear digital picture. And have making sure that they're watching a lot of TV to get good and brainwashed and corrupt themselves and to leaven themselves and these types of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know. But then going further, Los Angeles County has the largest number of over-the-air viewers... In the country, Adelston said, and those viewers are concentrated in the minority and elderly community. See, they, when, they, when all this stuff starts to go down that we've been outlining in previous teachings, they want to make sure that that digital TV and that these TVs are functioning at optimum because that is going to be their chief brainwashing tool. Okay? Not only brainwashing by what they're telling you, but brainwashing by the technologies that are actually going to be emanating and operating through this digital TV like that sound of silence technology that is actually a total brainwashing can be used as a total brainwashing tool and has been used as that. And I mean that literally mind control literally Um, the, the end time delusion. That's going to be one aspect of the end time delusion. Yes. The end time delusion and the strong delusion that the Lord is permitting to be sent uh, is, is very much so demonic, spiritual, Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, against power. So we need to always keep our eyes focused on that. But it's also going to be a combination of of demonic technology as well. Technology that they're going to implement that is going to further reinforce the spiritual demonic component. And um, that's just one more layer of the deception that is going to be thrust upon us. So you need to be keenly aware of these things, lest Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, as the Bible says. So, going further, he, he goes on to say, it's sort of an ad hoc approach to handling the situation, but the next four months will fly by, and we need to be ready, he said. And I, and I say, why? Why is it so important That they have this digital TV implement. And again, I think we've established that in previous teachings. Then he goes on to say, Adelstein and five local FCC field officers handed out applications for $40 coupons for the digital to analog converter boxes. And again, showing how obsessed the government in America is about doing this, you know, they're making all of these efforts, okay, and then they're giving out, they're subsidizing. The converter box. Here's a $40 coupon. Then it goes on to say they also dispensed a few pieces of advice. There isn't much difference between a $40 converter box and a $70 model. And the cable and the satellite TV customers don't need one at all. Adelstein and the Field Off, I mean, if there's a $40 converter box and they give you a $40 coupon, well, guess what? They just paid for the whole thing, making it free. So... Adelstein and the field officers <clears throat> spent their morning at the Senior Center in West Covina, where they explained the upcoming switch and showed how to connect a converter box to a TV. I mean, they're even showing them how to do it, and they, you know, make sure everybody knows. And then after the midday stop at the church, the group headed to Cal State, uh, Los Angeles, to reach out to the Latino community. We don't want to leave them out. Uh, the transition, originally scheduled for February 17th, which is a couple days from now, was delayed last week by Congress until June 12th. Well, praise the Lord. I'm always glad when they delay anything uh, in regard to these types of things. The FCC field officers are planning more meetings in schools, churches, and neighborhood centers before the switch. Adelstein said the Monday meeting at Mount Moriah was organized by a leadership conference on civil rights. Woody Ramsey, a deacon at Southern Missionary Baptist Church, of Southeast Los Angeles said the ministers were prepared to spread the word. Yeah, the word. There, there. Now is is he equating this with the gospel? Now, I can't even. I mean, the the, the church that they have on TV, um, any kind of religious station, I can't even stand to watch it. I'm sorry, I just can't. I, I it, it it just turns my stomach. What most of the time when I turn it on, what is going on there? Uh, it's always about money. Always about unbiblical people being in places they should never be, Uh, just goes on and on and on. How corrupt the televangelism uh, system is. Now, I'm not saying there couldn't be some local people on TV that that you know, and there there's not things that you couldn't glean, but you just have to be very careful um, with uh, when you're dealing with a corporate church. And then he goes on to say, it's incumbent upon each church to take care of the primary needs of its ministry, And this is just one more need for our people, he said. This is this deacon. This is one more need? The the preacher should be telling people to shut off their TV, Not, not telling them that it's a primary need. Do you understand how they're just going right along with Big Brother, and they're going to be in lockstep with Big Brother? Why? Because they're part of the corporation Big Brother gave the right to exist. You know, that's, that's the, um, and then he goes on to say, uh, then he says, he ends it by saying, we'll do our part. <laughs> How sickening. What an affront to God. What an affront to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, the more I read about this, it, it, it's, it's just more and more and more and more confirmation. It really makes my job easier and easier. I wish it were not so. I wish it were not so. I wish the churches in America were right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Perfect. By any stretch of the imagination, this is a foundational issue, though, regarding the church. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. The foundations have been corrupted by their 501c3 corporate status. The vast majority of the time, they, they, they're not even reading the Word of God. They don't even have a King James Bible that they're going from. Or if they do, you know, the, the preacher's reading his NIV and everybody else is reading their various and sundry versions. Whereas the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. I, I know, I've been at Pentecostal churches and done that. And, you know, the preacher's reading from a, from a living and I'm, I got an NIV and the guy next to me got an American Standard. How, how can you follow along? Just from that standpoint alone. Uh, and I've done several teachings on the King James. You can reference that in the keyword search box um, regarding that. And I think those are two of the main issues uh, that have happened in the last, really since 1881 when the revised version came out of the two high-level occultists Westcott and Hort, which gave us and spawned virtually all of the modern-day Bible versions. The revised version spawned you know, um, pretty much everything that we've got today. Uh, other than the King James Bible. Not the new King James, but the King James. And um, from that uh, point, from 1881, there's a lot of cults that started uh, coming into existence uh, around that time. You know, you have the Mormons, you have the Jehovah Witnesses, you have a lot of you know, different sects of pseudo-Christianity that, that gained a lot of momentum. And then you have then the, the uh, government coming in saying, hey, listen, you know, we we got this great deal figured out for you. You know, you take this 501c3 corporate church status, and uh, you'll get subsidies, and your parishioners will be able to write off their their um, donations on tax forms, whereas the Bible says, let your, not your right hand know what your left hand is doing when you give. If you don't give in that particular manner, verily you have your reward. And I understand that's not always possible, to, to not let your, you know, to, to not let your right hand know what your left hand is. I'm talking about what is your heart when you give. A lot of these people give to be seen among men. And that is when verily you hath your your reward, as the Bible talks about. A lot of people give so that knowing that the church is going to know how much they give. I know, I've been there, you know, done that thing. And um, not because I wanted to be seen, but just because when you gave, they they knew who was giving, particularly if you write a check. And... Preacher knows how much you're giving. You get preferential treatment. Don't tell me it doesn't happen, because <laughs> I've seen it happen. And um, that's another reason. Verily, you hacked your reward. Or, or so you can write it off on your on your uh, taxes for the Internal Revenue Service, one of the most satanic organizations that's ever existed. Really, the chief organization that's brought about this bondage um, regarding this and... and um, if you have any doubts on that, just email me regarding the IRS, and I'll tell you, I'll, not my information, but what's out there, you know, just look at the facts. Um, you can just go up on the, on the internet and just key in Freedom to Fascism, Freedom to Fascism with Aaron Russo, he's died, he died, now they probably killed him, but he put a documentary that I pretty much think summed things up pretty well regarding um, this whole IRS issue in this country and um, the bondage that they've brought people into, particularly the churches. And you can make up your own mind. You know, I tell everybody, you know, the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. I tell them, don't trust in me. Check whatever I'm telling you out. Don't just blindly trust in any man, including a preacher or a pastor or whoever. You need to check it out. Does it line up with the Word of God? Does it line up with the facts as, as that are obvious? And get some cross-confirmation out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing is established. So, you know, just go by biblical principles and search these things out. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth, Second 2 Timothy 2.15. These are just things we need to be doing. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. We're supposed to, you know, reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them. To reprove is, is, is to essentially to expose. And this is what, why I have this ministry as a watchman, because we're, we're reproving the unfruitful works of darkness. And we're, and we're trying, you know, if you don't know if it's an unfruitful work of darkness, then you may have fellowship with it. Because you just don't know you're what is that hosea four six you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge so again that's it's a big reason why this ministry exists. the Lord's um, permitted to have it exist and um, I praise the lord we 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 had um thirty eight almost thirty eight thousand downloads on sermon audio, which was about a twelve thousand oh my word download jump from the previous month and um, I can remember when I started this this ministry. And I just wanted to have all the teachings maybe at a hundred downloads, and now I post a teaching and it's at thirteen hundred downloads in about four or five days. Um, it's it's totally overwhelming. I give the Lord Jesus Christ all the glory and the credit um, for the doors He's opened. And, then, and there's been some um, Christian brothers that have taken these these and put them up on the internet. Now they're up on YouTube, and um, uh, it's amazing uh that they're being permitted to be up on YouTube, but uh I riled some witches up. I know that. I've had some some uh, lesbian witches come after me and done some video responses and these things. But um yeah, you're getting the devil fired up, you're ruffling his feathers. But this one particular Christian brother, he has taken all the teachings and he's split them up into ten minute segments because that's how you have to do it on YouTube. And um he's got I checked yesterday, it was eighteen hundred and twenty five separate teachings, and that particular website is doing far more, I believe, as far as downloads go than the Sermon Audio site is. So, yes, it's very, very um, humbling, to say the least, and I I praise the Lord for uh, all those people and and for um, the people that have sent in donations and um, uh, your prayers and and all all of those things. I I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for, for you and for what you've done. Uh, The next article is entitled Church Organization Refuses to Divulge If Pastors Are on the FEMA Payroll. This is from Paul Joseph Watson of Prison Planet. This is just February 2nd. And this starts out by saying a large organization has refused to divulge how many of its pastors are on the FEMA payroll. FEMA. Federal Emergency Management Association, I believe, is what it stands for. So, FEMA is one of the most... Draconian tentacles of the coming uh, of, of the American uh, government. Okay, it's bad, bad, bad news. We've done several teachings where we've mentioned them. You can even go up there and just key in FEMA in my search box and we'll tell you about FEMA. Well, this large church organization is now refusing to divulge how many of its pastors are on the FEMA payroll. Payroll. Now again, what is this whole? What is the whole motivation truly for the five hundred one C three corporate status for a church? Really, what it ends up boiling down to is money, and the love of money is the root of all evil, according to the Bible. So um, we have FEMA here now bringing the pastors on their payroll. Hey, why not? They're they're already, you know, in bed with the government. I hate to say it, but that's pretty much what's going on here with the five hundred one C three corporate uh, church status. You're already, you're already. Um, linked and yoked up with an ungodly institution um, that is absolutely diametrically opposed to biblical tenets in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're already doing that, and the Bible says to be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That right there alone would, would should not permit a pastor to take this corporate status. Um, but once you do that, and once you start going down that that uh, slippery slope, um, the demons and evil entities that would influence a person to do such a thing are not going to just have you, many times, just sit there, content with the 501c3 status. Uh, the Satan will require more of you at some point. He, the the um, uh, Dr. Dixon did a study called Caesar's Calling in the Chips. And that's what's happening. We're gonna have Caesar, the government, calling in the chips. Yes, we gave you these privileges. We gave you these privileges regarding subsidies, regarding your, your, uh, people to be able to write this off on their taxes, uh, regarding your corporate status, the, this and that, all these different benefits we gave you and privileges that we gave you. But now the bills come due. And now you're gonna to have to, um, Uh, work with us, because, hey, we gave you your right to exist. So, there's many pastors that are actually on the FEMA payroll now. Now, I'm not indicting every single pastor that's a 501c3 that may not be aware of this information and these types of things, okay? I understand that, and again, this is why we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, I'm I'm not doing that, okay? I'm talking about, though, the vast majority, and... The 501c3 pastors, the bottom line is is, um, if they're truly not aware of this and they're finding out about this, please check this out. I have PDF documents it's attached to the teachings I've done on 501 C3 church. You know, you need to come out from among her and be not partakers of her plagues. Not only that, uh, you need to come out of her in fear and trembling toward the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of what you've done. This is what needs to be done. Uh, This is not a trivial matter. This is not some peripheral issue. This is a foundational issue to the church. I mean, what could be more foundational and what formed your church? What gave your church the right to exist? That's very, very important. So, um, I'll just start over. A large church organization has refused to divulge. How many of its pastors are on the FEMA payroll after a member expressed concerns about religious leaders being used to condition their congregation to accept the declaration of martial law. Let me read that last line. After a member expressed concerns about religious leaders being used to condition their congregation to accept the declaration of martial law. I've told you this in the past. These same 501c3 corporate church structures are going to be the very places that are going to be some... The pastors are going to be some of the biggest mouthpieces for the government. They're going to have potentially... um, centers where they're, where they're going to perform um, uh, mass vaccinations, um, if not forced vaccinations, all type of uh, they, they could actually be pickup centers too, where they take you to the to the railroad cars and take you to the death camps. They, these same churches are going to be used for that. You mark my words it's very clear that this is going to ultimately end up happening. isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? The one place you should be able to go in America, you know, the the American uh, church is going to be ultimately end up becoming your worst enemy. It's coming. In a May 2006 story, we first broke the shocking news that FEMA was training pastors and other religious representatives to become secret police enforcers who teach their congregation to, quote, obey the government. Doesn't matter if what the government is doing is unbiblical, you better obey them. No, I would rather obey God than man. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua said, okay? So, whenever somebody's telling you to do something that is contrary to the Bible, obviously you obey the Word of God. This is a big reason why there's been all these, all the martyrdom, you know, since Jesus Christ, because people chose to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word rather than man. Big reason. So, if we go further, um, they're, they're teaching their congregations to obey the government in preparation for a declaration of martial law, property and firearm seizures, and forced relocation. They're going to take, fun- take everything. They'll have the right to when those executive orders kick in. At least from their corrupt governmental standpoint, they believe they'll have that right. This is why I said this is a spiritual battle, and um, regarding uh, these types of situations, and why I've brought up Psalm 64 and imprecatory prayers um, in regard to these types of matters. And you can do a keyword search for Psalm 64, and you may want to do that um, because I think that there's some things that have not been preached um, from most pastors—not all, but from most pastors—that we need to hear. So, um, again, obeying the government. Uh, when they declare martial law they're they're going to come in and seize property firearm they 've got executive orders on the book that basically makes it t- supposedly legal for them to take everything property, firearms, all assets and you and your family okay but remember, as a born again Christian, you know this is not our home this is not our home, and I, the more I live in it, the more i don 't want it to be my home, the more I want to get out of here. Um, we're just passing through pretty much. So, um, worst case scenario, if martyrdom comes, remember death is the doorway to life eternal. But the Bible says he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Now I, I'm not saying we're saved by works, but if the Holy Spirit truly lives inside you, um, he will empower you to do what you need to do, And if you don't say, and if you think to yourself, well, I have no faith, I don't believe that, then you better get in the word of God because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay. So we, it's, it really boils back to faith most of the time for you're saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's, it usually always boils back to faith. From what I, and You can read that in a, a Hebrews 11, too, in, in, um, regarding these, these issues of faith. Okay? Uh, but you gotta believe it, and remember, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's good to always have the King James Bible playing somewhere in your house. Not only do the demons not like it, but it's a good way to to uh, put the word of God into your into your spirit there. And, and um, when I go down the the road, <laughs> so much of the time I've got my little girl. She was in the um, the uh, Awana, now Awana is totally corrupt now. I mean, totally corrupt in regard with the kids. Uh, they're getting in all kinds of new age practices, but it, the, when we went there and I think you can still get these tapes up on the internet. If you go to the Awana website, A W A N A, and they've got these King James Bible verse tapes that they just sing the King James Bible verses. And, um, it's a, uh, it's a tremendous way to memorize scripture. I just, I, so much of the time, that's what I got on my truck. These little kids singing Bible verses, but, um, it's really good because it's, it's, it's pure, you know what I mean? It's just, it's something that's nice and, and, and pure, and, and, and doesn't get much purer than the Word of God. And they've got different tapes, King James, make sure you get the King James tapes. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So if we go back to this article, it said, despite debunkers and urban myth websites claiming the story was a hoax, it was confirmed in triplicate by mainstream news outlets over a year later. But yet the church sits totally silent. Regarding this, you heard any mainstream, modern-day televangelists jumping up and down about... Why? Because they're part of the problem. They're part of the system that's going to be used um, to, to do these and implement these things. A KS, remember, the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. So, uh, that's another confirmation. A KSLA news report confirmed that clergy response teams are being trained... They're called clergy response teams. They're being trained by the federal government to, quote, quell dissent and pacify citizens to obey the government in the event of the declaration of martial law, which is coming. Just a matter of time. Now they've got a little video here you can click on and you can watch the news story. This has been on certain sections and factions of mainstream news. The church is totally silent about it, for the most part. But it is out there, this information. Concerned about such developments, a member of the California-based Worldwide Church of God, an organization that boasts 64,000 members and 860 congregations in about 90 countries, asked if any church pastors were involved in the FEMA program. So there was a um, member of this church and asked the, uh, if any of the church's pastors were involved with this FEMA program that that is well known, Okay. The response was, the head office quickly replied hastily within an hour by telling me, sorry, that is privileged information. They won't even tell him who's on the FEMA payroll. And then the man states, the reply was a big, bold script like I've never seen before in an email. Meaning, that is privileged information in like big, bold letters. Like, how dare you ask us about this secret information. I mean, yeah, I mean, isn't that the way a church is supposed to be? Have a lot of secrets from their... uh, From their membership and, you know, kind of go around cloak and dagger and in the shadows. Going further, it says that I responded to the stated email and reworded my request slightly by demanding, quote, Are there any of our pastors on the payroll of FEMA? Yes or no? Their first response came in an hour that we just mentioned. But it has been almost 24 hours, and I am still waiting for my church's second response to my second request he adds. Now, I doesn't say anything more about that after this, but there's a good chance they probably just ignored that email. But, I mean, come on, if it's privileged information, you know that people are on, and if they've got nothing to hide, they would have said, well, of course not, we don't have anybody. Of course, they can lie about that, too, but uh, then it goes on to say, it seems that church groups are reluctant to let any information concerning the issue of pastors being trained to help manage a state of martial law following the controversy stirred up by the exposure of the program in 2006. Meaning when, you know, now people are really wanting to be guarded with this information, the church groups, because they were exposed in 2006. And again, I'll I'll say this again, isn't it ironic that that for the majority of the corporate 501c3 pastors, they will and are becoming A church member's worst nightmare. Big brother in the pulpit. And he's watching you. And they've got tabs on you. And they know where you live. Hmm. You see, by their actions, they are proving themselves to be the hirelings that they are. Now, what is a hireling? The Bible talks about a hireling. The hireling is talks about the true shepherd that loves his sheep and will give up his life for the sheep by Jesus Christ being the greatest example, but a pastor should be willing to do that. I mean, are you willing to die for your biblical convictions, pastor? Are, are you willing to die for them? Because the time is coming, maybe very soon upon us, that we're going to have to make that choice. Me included. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anyone else, or teaching. And, uh, But a hireling, the Bible says, has no true love for the sheep. Now, By virtue of looking at the word hireling, what does that mean? They're doing it for the hire, for the money. Remember, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, that's the time we're living in. Evil seducers are waxing worse and worse, meaning growing worse and worse. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 1 Timothy 4, one. So, these are things that we should be expecting to see. They shouldn't be taking us unawares or by surprise. The great falling away of Second Thessalonians chapter two is happening, and God is permitting the strong delusion to be sent that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Where does it say that? Second Thessalonians chapter two. Just read it, it's all about the Antichrist being revealed, and it's the time we're moving into. the strong delusion is here, and it's only going to increase. Now, I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm saying this to warn you, as a watchman is supposed to. Is, is supposed to do. And um, uh, really, this doesn't discourage me. It confirms the Bible. The Bible clearly predicted it was going to be this way. Yet, if you go to the average church, you just, you know, they're, it's like they're going to be clueless to this. So if we go further, they're exposing themselves to be the hirelings that they are. And also, where their true allegiance is to. I mean, where is the, this pastor's true allegiance to? If he's on FEMA's payroll, he's in a five hundred one c three corporate church structure. Um, he's being trained by FEMA on the side. Where is his true allegiance to? I mean, come on. I mean, all, it's it's obvious. It's not the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this true allegiance is not to God or their congregation, but to the government and the IRS and to FEMA that gave their corporate 501c3 church the privilege to exist in the first place. And if they gave that privilege, they can take it away. So what they can do is incrementally kind of come in and threaten and threaten. and threaten. Hey, listen, you don't play along with our game. We'll, we'll pull your, your 501c3 status and we're going to get in your business real good and you'll lose everything. You know, It's better, though, to lose everything in this life and to be able to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ unashamed... And I believe a lot of these pastors aren't even saved. The first thing they need to do is get saved because they're going to face them at the great white throne judgment, not at the judgment seat of Christ, which is for believers, but the great white throne judgment, which is for unbelievers. I, I just—it's hard for me to understand this: uh, why, how they've stayed in these things so long if they truly are saved. I mean, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, the Bible says, "Whom the Lord loveth, He also chasteneth." And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son. If you be without chastisement, well, I see a lot of these churches prospering. And I don't see any chastisement on the pastor. In fact, he thinks that he's doing God's will when he does Satan's will. That's kind of a scary situation to find yourself in if an outside observer is looking at that. Because it's like, whoa, this is kind of creepy. I mean, there's no conviction of the Lord Jesus Christ that this guy's doing wrong. He's doing evil and calling it good. And the Bible says, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. He has no clue about this stuff at all. Well, bless God, my preacher did it and that's how it was taught in the cemetery, I mean the seminary, and, and that's how we did it. Well, you know, the tradition of man have made the word of God of none effect. Just one more confirmation of that particular verse. Um, and isn't this kind of like selling your soul to the devil? When, you, when we're talking about being on the FEMA payroll and all of this clandestine stuff that they're planning and how the preachers are going to be used. Now, now, I'm not saying everyone is going to go along with this plan, but if you see this and you finally realize this, then get out. Get out. And I'm going to give you some resources um, uh, Unregistered Baptist Fellowship has some resources. Uh, the Biblical Law Center, you can go to Unregistered Baptist Fellowship. Um, uh, on the internet, just do a keyword search, in the Biblical Law Center with Barbara Cate, and they can tell you some ways that, that um, you know, this can be done, but it's not easy. If you're already a, a 501c3 church and you've been in, entrenched in the system, I'm telling you right now, it's not easy. But it's going to be a whole lot more <laughs> uneasy when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't, you know, our life as a Christian is not a popularity contest. And if you end up losing everything, well, praise God that you lost everything in this life so that you can gain it, you know, in the next. You don't lose your reward. These types of things. Uh, It's just, it's getting more and more flagrant. The line that's been drawn in the sand, it's getting more and more out of the gray area into the black and white, which I believe is all by design of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he says, Choose whom this day who ye will serve. He hates lukewarmness that it talks about in Revelation chapter 3. Says so he's going to vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. Well, most of these preachers and pastors are lukewarm. They've taken no stand. Yet, they think they're in need of nothing. But the way God sees them is naked, wretched, weak. And that's why it says, I counseled thee to buy me um eyesive, that thou mayest see in white raiment, you know, which is basically the trial of our faith. So, if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. That's what the Bible says. So this shouldn't be anything that, you know, is, is a total shock. Uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, you know, you need to understand that the foundation for these teachings has been built in the previous teachings. And this is just one more of the end-time deceptions that truly, if if the Bible predicted, it was going to be this way anyway. So... Um, I don't let this discourage me, I let it build my faith, because it's just one more confirmation that the Word of God is true. Going further, this is the next article, excellent article, from a pastor, this is, um, I've had this for a long time, I actually got this in 2004, but it's just as applicable today. And it's from um, Pastor Clarence Patterson of Faith Baptist, uh, a New Testament church in Kearney, Nebraska. And he says, gentlemen, now he's writing this to, I believe, several um, preachers, Gentlemen, at the expense of being labeled, I present the following to you and ask for your intelligent response. Uh, if you would please give me your response in factual statements in a biblical response. Please don't use this to bash Greg Dixon or any other preacher unless you have substantial facts of heresy. Because obviously if somebody is entrenched in this system and they're not going to yield to this truth, well then what are they going to do most of the time? Attack it? You know, attack it. So this can really bring out the fangs in a lot of people. The most prominent and successful certified public accountant firm in the nation today that specializes in keeping churches out of trouble with the Internal Revenue Service is now boldly saying to pastors of America that they not only have to be ordained by God, but also the IRS. That's what, this, that's what this most prominent and successful certified public accounting firm... What? They're totally in bed with the Internal Revenue Service. That's how they make all their money most of the time. The CPAs make it off doing their taxes. Okay? And they're telling them, you got to be... Yes, you have to be ordained by God, but also the IRS. But there's no way that can happen. You, 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 you can't have it both ways. You can't bow the knee to bail and be in the knee to God. It's an abomination. They also say that the IRS is dictating terms to the churches by declaring in clear and no uncertain terms that quote, the government doesn't want your Bible they want your checkbook. Isn't it always bull back to that? Always bulls back to the the, uh, money. In seminars all over the US, Chitwood and Chitwood of Chattanooga, Tennessee is repeating the startling announcement to pastors, this must be that firm Chitwood and Chitwood Um, catchy little name, you know, Chitwood but um uh, they're, they're this most prominent and successful CPA firm, and they're saying in, no, in clear and no uncertain terms that the government doesn't want your Bible, they want your checkbook, In seminars all over the U.S. They're repeating the startling announcement to pastors and church leaders without so much as a blush. Michael Chipwood, the main speaker, says besides the above quotes, quote, pastor, if you don't get your house in order, get ready. You are going to have a jail ministry. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Got some CPA firm who sold their soul to the devil, basically, and telling them, if you don't get your house in order. Isn't that ironic? What an ironic statement to say. When, when in the reality is they should come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you will be my children. 2 Corinthians six seventeen and 18. That's what we should be doing. But no, no, no. We we should not be unequally yoked together with these unbelievers. We should come out from among her, be not partakers of her plagues. But no, he's saying getting your house in order is meaning getting in subjection to the IRS. How is that that biblical? When the IRS and and the government are, are wanting to thrust upon us so many unbiblical things. Contrary to the Bible. And then it goes, goes on to say, as he practically screams out to those presidents as to what pastors and church leaders must do to avoid jail time. Remember, the fear of man bringeth a snare. You, you got, you, unfortunately, you got in bed with this wicked, corrupt system, and now you're going to face jail time unless you play nice, little boy. That's basically what they're saying. You, you, better, you better toe the line, you better get in line, or you're going to have a jail ministry. And the, and the confiscation of church property by the federal government. Hey, they created you, they can confiscate it. They can take it all away. Caesar's calling in the chips. Besides giving the pastor his job description, which is based on the Roman Catholic model of worship and polity, the IRS is demanding many other things that are clearly designated, designed to make the IRS commissioner the new head of the churches in America. He already is, as far as I'm concerned. The IRS commissioner is the head of all corporate 501c3 churches in America. Why? Because he gave you your right to exist. He's the head. He created it. Therefore, he can dictate things. They're giving the pastors their job descriptions. And we're going to prove this. Okay? I'm not going to just say it and not go into it further. We're going to prove it. Because there are certain guidelines you have to abide by in order to get this 501c3 status. So... Uh, the these demands are as follows: The church must collect a federal ID, social security number from visiting evangelists, missionaries, preachers, and singers before they invite them to the pulpit. Oh yeah, get that get that little uh f- social security number. Yep, get it, get it for them. They gotta have all that. They must collect this federal ID. They must give them. They must give a Form 1099 to any minister who receives up to $600 in a year's time. 1099, Form 1099, miscellaneous. That that way they can keep track of all the income that you're being paid and uh, they can keep track of you. Uh, This includes missionary support. If the ID is not received by the IRS, the church leaders must withhold a Jeopardy assessment of 39% on the spot, and send it to the IRS. Oh, man. Now, is everybody abiding by all of these things, and maybe some are getting away with not abiding by it? Probably. Probably. Absolutely. But you know what? Shame on you if you're doing that, because if you're part of the system, and you're cheating this system that created you, shame on you then. Because you should be abiding by their rules because you signed up for it. So if you think that is a way you're going to show God that you're faithful by by not abiding by these guidelines. Well, bless God, I'm not going to do that. And and I'm not going to report these people. And and nobody will ever know. and Nobody will ever find out. Well, God knows. You signed up for the 501c3 program. You should be abiding by their rules. They created you. Then it says they must agree to the IRS definition of benevolence. They can cannot deal in cash at any level. IRS hates cash. Why? Because can't really trace it. A lot harder to trace than a check. Check is a paper trail. Banking systems are a paper trail. That's what they are. It's why IRS loves it. And you have the corrupt banking system, which is an absolute total abomination. A private, the Federal Reserve, which is a privately owned institution which just prints money out of thin air, which is what we're getting a lot of now in America, until they finally ultimately collapse the economy, which is all by design. And I've done several teachings on that, the global economic meltdown, Code Red, and all those. You know, they they love that paper trail. They love control. Big Brother wants control. And that's why ultimately everyone will be forced to receive a mark or or will be given the option to give a mark in the right hand or forehead. That's the ultimate form of control. That microchip, in conjunction with possibly some type of tattoo, and I've done several teachings on the mark, will be the ultimate not only identification tool, but they'll be able to scan that at distances. They'll be able to track you from satellites. They'll be able to have all of your of your uh, credit card, uh, banking information, payroll. It'll all be in that chip, and they'll have total control over you. There'll be no way to es- escape it if you, particularly if you've taken one. Um, don't don't ever 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 take the mark of the beast. I've had people ask me, well. Yeah, but Tim LaHaye says that if you take the mark of the beast in the Left Behind series that um, and, and you really didn't want to and you really didn't want to serve Satan that God will understand. No, he won't. No, he won't. You'll go straight to the lake. Well, you'll go straight to hell. Then the lake of fire, eventually. You will. There, there, don't ever, ever, ever take the mark of the beast. Okay? Okay? That is not optional. You get your head cut off. You know, you die. You go through whatever you got to go through. You never take the mark. Ever. So I'm very, I believe the Bible is very black and white on that as well. So they can't deal with cash at any level, but must deposit all offerings into a checking account and write checks for every purpose. Why? Again, to create this perpetual paper trail, traceable, perpetual traceable paper trail if this institution was truly of God, what right, what business would they have in God's business? What right would the government have to come and look at the affairs of this church, if it was truly of God, and and, and the Lord Jesus Christ was the head of that church? I mean, do you think Jesus or the apostles did this? Oh yes, Jesus wrote out checks for everything, and and, um, uh, you know, Judas had the bag, and and, you know, everything was, was done, and you know, and this big paper trail was created. Give me a break. No, it didn't happen. So if we go further, um, this means, of course, that the church, in order to conduct its ministry, has to have an employer identification number, which must be provided by the IRS by filling out form SS-4, which a true New Testament church could never do and remain obedient to her Lord. Something to think about. In fact, church leaders would have to misrepresent the church as a religious organization rather than a New Testament church in order to do so. Other things that pastors and church leaders are required to do are to be an informer against their members and also preach only IRS-prescribed sermons. Um, So, again, this is part of the reason why, you, if you're hearing this for the first time or you're new to this, this is part of the reason why you've never heard this type of information that I get into before. Because if they're really being good little slaves to their slave master, the IRS, federal government, if they're really being good little slaves, like they should be, because they signed up for it, nobody forced them to do it, they're really doing that. Well, I know, but this guy took over a church, and it was already that way. Well, listen... (laughs) We're all going to be accountable to the Lord Jesus Christ. okay? And I understand we're destroyed for lack of knowledge and these types of things, but these are things that we that that um, we should seek out. We should seek out truth, particularly in the, the greatest time of deception the world's ever known. We should be on guard against deception. Jesus Christ kept saying, be not deceived, be not deceived. In Matthew 24 and other places in the Gospel, particularly regarding the end times, it should be the main thing we're looking out for. So they... I've only been saved since um, 1994, like January. So a lot of these people have been brought up in the church. They've been in there for 40, 50 years. You're telling me, I'm sorry, I don't think they have any excuse. They should have been able to figure this stuff out by, by now. But if you have no real, real true love for the truth, in regard to these matters, then you're not going to seek it out. Now I understand maybe there's some out there that they're hearing this for the first time, or, or whatever, you know, I'm not indicting you. Uh, listen, it, 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 it's 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 possible to get swept up in this, and your ministry and these types of things. But if you if you're hearing this, uh, it's loud and clear. The Lord wants you to come out of this stuff uh, because uh, it's only going to get worse. So, other things that pastors and church leaders are required to do is to be an informer against their members, which is what we were just talking about. Preach only IRS prescribed sermons, and also. Uh, all fundraising material must be submitted to the IRS for their approval. Now, do, do all the churches adhere to all of these guidelines? No. And has the IRS come along and enforced this with an iron fist f- since the inception of this? No. Why? Well, the IRS could, and they're going to, it's going to be, it's particularly with Obama, the, the abomination in office right now. This guy is 10, 20, 30 times worse than Bush is ever going to be. The stuff he's already done or trying to do since he's been in office for three weeks is just unbelievable. I can't even keep up with it all. Uh, You know, if he has his way, there will be no free speech in America very, very, very soon. Anyone that speaks out against him will be silenced. Uh, He's already talked about you know, getting anybody like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity off the air. Now, I I think Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity are shills for, for ultimately, they're just going to keep us moving in that. They're going to be the, it's the uh, synthesis, antithesis, and then we get thesis, or synthesis, I'm sorry, the Hegelian dialectic. It's basically one side warring against the other, Republican versus Democrat and all this other stuff, but it ultimately ends up building us to the same goal. Um... But he wants to have all any kind of conservative um, uh, protesting against him in any particular way. He wants that all silenced. He truly is acting uh, more above the law already in his term of office than even Bush did. And I, I didn't think that was possible. Uh, the, the emails I just sent out this week alone, I, I just... It was mind-boggling. Mind-boggling how, how quickly this is happening. And... Um, he said he's going to bring change, and, and that's exactly what it looks like is going to happen. Now remember our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're not supposed to get our eyes off him and on some situation and be wringing our hands about what Obama's going to do. These, these, are, these are things I think we should pray about, get on our knees about, inform others about. Um, I mean if you were you know, if you were deceived about something, wouldn't you want somebody to set you right on it? Well, you know to whom much is given much is required. But um, going further, it says, the job description for pastors is a list of nine specific sacerdotal duties, which again is a Roman Catholic definition meaning sacred. The Catholic Church teaches that these sacraments, when administered by a priest, are essential to one's salvation. This is totally opposite to the Bible's definition, which states that baptism and communion are memorials of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that they follow, follow salvation. The nine duties of these, uh, uh, the nine duties are baptisms, weddings, serving the Eucharist, the Catholic sacrament of communion, teaching, spiritual counseling, christenings, or baby dedications, uh, administration, of church affairs, and the regular conducting of worship services. If the pastor does a substantial number of these things, he will receive very lucrative tax breaks. Is that sick? It's true. This is a clear, definite violation of scriptures concerning the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which the Lord Jesus said he hates in Revelation 2.6 and 2.15, which is basically like the priests over the laity, Okay, you have this hierarchy that rules over the laity. Okay. It is setting up of a privileged class of clergy which benefits from the state that lay members do not receive. Other, others who minister to the church in the area of music, youth, children, education, and other areas of responsibility will not qualify. This is consistent with what officials of the IRS told David Gibbs of the Christian Law Association in 1984 when they said that their definition of school is once-per-week adult worship. Now, I saw him recently. He was here in our hometown, and I went. And uh, it was about, I'm sorry, but it was about enough to make me want to vomit. It really was. Uh, Whole room full of preachers, most of them independent, fundamental Baptist preachers, and... and, uh... You know, I just... It, it was about enough to make me sick. I think I, I did a, 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 a study where I, I mentioned this, my experience there. Uh, I've tried to put it out of my mind. I really have. Because you got guys like this, David Gibbs going around the country basically saying, yes, we need to obey the government no matter what. And uh do whatever they say, even if it's contradictory to the Bible. We need to be good little Nazis. And... uh Um, We need to get yoked up with our churches and the government, and uh, it's it's all, you know, it's all ordained of God, all of it. It's just, it's it's enough to make you sick. Then he goes on to say, they said that they did not consider such ministries as Sunday school, Christian school, buses, youth camp, vacation Bible school, nursing homes, to fall within the definition of the word church. The Gibbs IRS meeting took place in Washington, D.C. at the time that the so-called champion of Christian liberty was hammering out a compromise compromise with the Dole Committee, Senator Bob Dole, Republican of Kansas, in the U.S. Senate, to bring the churches into compliance with the FICA tax, Social Security laws. This was the deal that would eventually cause the raid and seizure of the uh, Indianapolis Baptist Temple 17 years later, in which Dr. Dixon had his church... uh, basically totally taken from him, largest independent, fundamental, King James-only Baptist church in America, and they wanted to make an example of him, came in, stole his church, essentially as far as I'm concerned, and then ended up bulldozing it to the ground, for the most part. That's what they did. That's what they did. It's too bad that Gibbs didn't sound the alarm at that time and called the Bible-believing pastors together for a summit meeting to help map out a strategy which have, could have possibly saved our churches and ministries. The unregistered church pastors tried, but unfortunately our f- words fell on deaf ears. The so-called big preachers were too busy receiving their tax-deductible gifts and building their empires to be concerned over the future of God's work. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? All oh, of these TV evangelist ministries are, are on board with the 501c3 program, every one of them. You think they're going to speak out against it? You think they're going to speak out against their their creator? The the creator of their corporate church? They're not going to. Now the enemies of Christ have sprung the trap and now it's too late. These requirements should be intolerable enough By just the fact that the IRS would even dare to suggest duties for pastors, but to impose under the penalty of imprisonment and confiscation of properties the same responsibilities of the Roman Catholic priests is nothing short of naked tyranny. Obviously, the Inquisition has returned, and the pastors in the Churches of America are not even aware that it has arrived. The raid and seizure of the property at the Indianapolis Baptist Temple is the direct result of the pastors in the Church refusing to bow down to this new wave of Catholic terror that has come upon our land. The issue of the Baptist Temple case isn't, uh, case isn't taxes, as the IRS, with the media help, has led the people of Indianapolis and the nation to believe. The issue is very simple. Will the churches of America bow down to the IRS in violation of the First Commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You take a 501c3 stash, you've already violated the First Commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Who's the head of your church? Who's the creator of your church? Well, we went to the Lord Jesus Christ and the IRS to get permission. It doesn't work that way. How can something clean come out of something unclean. I read read this verse in Job the other day. I I thought it was appropriate to this. Job 14, verse 4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. You can't build on a corrupt foundation and not have a corrupt building. How can a fountain yield both fresh and salt water? A tree is known by its fruit. Just things to think about here. So, if we go back to this article. So, the the true issue of the the Indianapolis Baptist Temple case wasn't taxes. It was, will churches in America, and they wanted to make an example of this church, because it was a big, big church, okay? Will the churches of America bow down to the IRS in violation of the First Commandment? Thou... Um, Thou shall have no other gods before me. That right there alone is all I need to see. You know, I figured this out real early on. I'm, I'm, I wasn't, in, um. Obviously, I wasn't a five hundred one c three church corporation. But when I was going to churches, uh, I figured the gods. This is one of the first things the Lord showed me after I came out of the Pentecostal movement. This particular issue it just makes sense. You know, it just makes sense. The whole thing. Uh, or will they bow to the Lord Jesus Christ? they Are going to bow to the IRS or Lord Jesus Christ? Our Lord said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold of the one and despise the other. Again, how do you serve two masters? You cannot serve God and mammon. What's the motivation? What's mammon? You know, unjust gain, these types of things? Material gain? What's the motivation for taking that 501c3 corporate status? Money. I think we've proved that already. What it boils down to, money. You cannot serve God and man. Matthew 6.24 The purge is now on as we hear of churches and ministries being closed on a regular basis, but there is still no evidence that the pastors have awakened from their stupor. The benevolent requirements for churches are beyond atrocious. They are five in number. Food, clothing, housing, medical emergencies and utilities. The church cannot help with transportation or auto repairs and a myriad of other things that churches have historically done on a regular basis. The IRS is totally dictating to them what they should and shouldn't be doing and saying. Well, bless God, I don't care. I just ignore all that. Well, you shouldn't be. You signed up for the program. And there's going to come a day where you're not going to be able to because they're going to start enforcing these things. They lured you in. They didn't enforce this force it on purpose, so they would get a lot of people lured into the trap, because they would say, well, he's been 501c3 for all these years, and they haven't come after him, must be okay, I'll go in and I'll, you know, it's a trap, what we're talking about here, can you imagine the government of the U.S. limiting a church, as do its duties in regarding charitable activity, there is no subject in the Bible that is nearer to the heart of God than charity, It's true. Charity is the full embodiment of love. It talks about in the Bible, and but the Bible talks about above all having fervent charity, which is really the true essence of love. Now, if you look up the word charity in our in a modern day dictionary, you're not going to get the real biblical definition. You need to go to an 1828 Noah Webster, which you can go on the internet. Go on the internet and key in 1828 Noah Webster. There's two different free. No Webster Dictionaries, online, you can go and you can look up any word you want. You don't have to buy the, the $70 book. Um, if you want to have that, you can, uh, but it's pretty big. And um, you can go up there and check out those words. You can see, uh, from a biblical standpoint, when the uh, 1611 King James was written, these words much more closely define the words as they were written in that context than they do today. But charity, when you look that one up, you're going to see that it means a lot more than taking a, a bag of donations to... Uh, a goodwill or something, one of the places you can donate stuff to. Uh, it's just one little aspect of it. Uh, according to the Apostle James, it is the test of pure religion. Okay, uh, James 1.27 regarding uh, charity. Uh, Paul the Apostle declares that charity is of a higher value than even uh, the preaching and sacrifice, according to 1 Corinthians 13.1 through 3. For the churches to debase such a high and noble service to Christ by submitting its administration to the wicked IRS is beyond belief. I mean, if you look at the early inception of the of the early church in Acts, and these types of things, it was a system based on a lot of it was based on sharing uh, with one another and and um, make, basically providing for the needs of one another. Um, not that they gave one person the right to be totally lazy and sit around while some other guy did all the work for him. That wasn't what it was about, but it was a... Um, uh, the, the, the concept of charity was much more prevalent in, in the um, inception of the New Testament church, and I believe it was much more biblical as a result of that. Uh, so how will the preachers of America give an account of caving into this coercion by an abusive Bush administration This was written, remember, in 2004. uh, Who is continuing with policies of those before him. How will the church leaders face the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ when he asks them why they violated his clear commands concerning giving alms? Okay? Um, So, he said, Take heed that ye do your alms before men, uh, that ye not do your alms before men, to be seen of them. How's that possible if you write a check out and you put it in and and the secretary knows and the pastor knows and everybody, you know, I understand if, if, if you're, if you're sending money off to a ministry, this isn't always 100% possible. Uh, I don't personally advocate bank accounts. Okay. I've got away from them totally because of the unjust scales and balances. Um, but you can use, you can use money orders and these types of things, um, but anyway, it says, How will the church leaders face the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ uh, when they've violated these clear commands of giving alms? Uh, take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of men, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And again, what is your heart? Are you doing it to be seen among all men, or are you actually doing it because you're really wanting to, to give to a particular um, ministry or to widows, orphans, these types of things? What what's your motivation there? As a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give. Now I've done a whole teaching on the New Testament concept of giving versus the Old Testament Levitical tithe law. Okay, I've done a whole teaching on that. You can just key in "giving" in the keyword search box, or "tithe," or whatever in the search box on my homepage. Because that's another thing we don't hardly ever hear about. That that is one of the chief things that. Um, the modern-day corporate 501c3 churches will use to extract money from people. Therefore, when thou doest thy arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward." But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and that thy father which seeth thee in secret himself shall reward thee openly. But now the churches are required to get permission of the IRS before helping someone other than in a manner and purpose that they approve. Then records will have to be kept for the IRS so that the publications can make sure that the church is in fact following their guidelines man this is sick stuff and of course they expect church leaders to report this alm giving to the IRS so that all of those all of this so the churches can keep their tax exemption and that the people can get their precious tax deductions for their ties and gifts when they submit their taxes at the end of the year and then they can get that nice fat refund as james dobson organization when challenged said it's good it's just good stewardship yeah, it's good stewardship for the devil, James. And then he goes on to say, thievery, good stewardship. How sad. Um, so again, this is all about a record, keeping a record, a paper trail. You can be tracked. They know how much you know you're 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 making here. Uh, going further, it says it may be that the churches have now gone too far when they begin building their dynasties on the backs of our uh, of the poor. Of the poor, our Lord no doubt will be swift in his removal of their candlestick. He said to the churches at, church at Ephesus, quote, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Revelation 2.5 I don't see a lot of repentance going on in the churches. I see the, You know what I see them? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. They're glorying in their shame, when rather they should be mourning but they're so blind and wretched and weak and naked, like according to Revelation 3 in the Laodicean church, they don't think that they have any problem. They don't think that they're in need of anything. Look at us. Look at this wonderful big church we've got and all of our members. How sickening. If the blind leadeth the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. That's what's going on, for the most part. In the modern day corporate 501c3 church of America. And here's another thing. When you take this 501c3 status, and this is something nobody ever talks about. And I've brought this up before. But think about this. We've talked about all this obvious stuff right now. We're going to go even further. What happens to that church from a spiritual standpoint? That's what I'm really wondering about, concerned about. Because see, we can't see into the spirit world. Unless you've had your third eye opened which is an occult thing, and you don't want to strive for that. And I understand there are certain times in the Bible where where people were allowed to see into the spirit world. But it was it had to be ordained by God. And it was never like, wow, I just walk around and see devils and demons all the time. Like some people in the occult actually can. They've had their third eye open. It has to do with having something between their soul and spirit severed or something in the occult. They have to be a high enough level in witchcraft, typically to see it, into the spirit world. And... Um, What's happening to these churches from a spiritual standpoint when they take that 501c3 status? What devils and demons come and operate over that church? You know, most of the time, the churches in today's day and age are some of the most wicked places you could possibly go to. Now, I'm, I'm talking about whitened sepulchers full of dead man's bones, like Jesus Christ talk, called the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of malignity and death backbiting, murmuring, you know, despisers of God, all these secret sins that, 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 are, that, are, um, that go on in the church, and yet they act like they're pompous and sanctimonious, and we're, and we're so, look at us, we're holier than thou. Come thou, not thou near me, for I am holier than thou, as the Bible talks about in Isaiah. That's how the typical church that I've been in is kind of portrayed. I don't know, I just, you know, I'm trying to look at this from 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 God's standpoint. I'm trying to look at this as how, looking at this and laying this out, how is the Lord Jesus Christ viewing this from a biblical standpoint? And I think it's pretty clear. I'm going to stop here, and we're going to go to part two next.